Morning, Tommy. Morning, Joseph. How are you, sir? I'm chipper and ready for another episode of the Finleys on Film. Nice. We got the Miles Davis whispering softly behind us here. Everybody, keep it up. I like it. Yeah. All right. How are you doing today? Uh, well, I've seen better days, you know. Yeah. When it comes to, um, a little tired, a little tired, but doing okay, feeling good. <laughs> stayed up late watching. Stayed up late watching. Uh, stayed up late watching our one of our one of our movies, and uh, actually. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I'll just cut that. I, and I have it too, by the way. I'm not it's calling punchy. you out. It's punchy. It's punchy, but it's at like low energy. But, but I'm doing great. That's sort of like fake, you know, you have to sort of fake it till you make it or whatever, radio no, stuff. Yeah. That's how we make love, man. Oh, we can only imagine, Tommy. Yeah. Um, hey, it's been a while. What, what do you think? Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. I'm not sure which one to ask. Um, I was a stupid one. Go with it. Yeah, first. yeah. Okay. Then stupid one. Who's your favorite serial killer? Who's my favorite serial killer? Wow, yeah. interesting question. Not Count yeah. Chocula. I mean, the other kind of serial killer. Lucky Charms, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, Killing for Cocoa Puffs. Yep. Favorite serial killer. Um, I never thought of it in terms of favorite before, let me think. Well, uh, that's, a, that's a terrible way to put it. <laughs> yeah, the one that fascinates you the most. Oh, probably Ed Gain. Who's a Gain? Ed Gain. Come again? Ed Gain. Uh, it, it's a Gain or Gain. I'm never 100% sure. Guy out of Wisconsin. Uh, he killed about five women, Which older women. Uh-huh. Uh, he's who Norman Bates is based on. You're kidding me. No. Like no. he had a hotel? Uh, no, he had an old farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere, but he was the one who, uh, he took parts of his, he was also a grave robber, so he f- would find what? corpses. He would rob graves, take the corpses out, uh, inevitably of old women, and then he would do arts and crafts around his house with this stuff. Like he would like like the pelvis ashtray. Yeah, for sure. He had a he had a he had a belt made out of out of out of nipples that he'd what? sewn together. A belt made out of nipples. Yeah, pretty awesome. Very hard during the cold months. It would constrict, but up. <laughs> um, but like he's very. Uh, <laughs> like, he do these weird arts and crafts. He had like you know with with uh, mom's uh, parts of pure parts of women's anatomies in the fridge and is it, others but, just hanging around like a skull off is, of this one corner. Is Buffalo Bill based on as him well? Too? Yeah, a lot oh, okay. of um, sounds it's like weird. It, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny how many serial killers in in fiction are ba- are essentially based on Ed Gain. Yeah, because he's because he was just. He's just shocking. He yeah. wasn't even that prolific as a serial killer. He, that was utterly secondary. Oh, well, he wanted the stuff for his house. Oh my god. He he had no interest in killing per it's a se. Hobbyist, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> hobbyist first, serial killer second. Yeah. Pretty wow. Much. Yeah. I was talking to my wife about. Um, that just reminds me. We we know several. As we get older, we know people older than we mm-hmm. who ha- are starting to get like dementia and so forth. And I was thinking about how terrible it's going to be. When we get dementia, because that's going to happen. Mm. Uh, the worst part about getting old and getting dementia, I think, would be that the, the the few things you've kept to yourself are no longer kept to yourself. Like you'll just start, you'll just blurt something out that you've been holding uh, as a as a fantasy or a secret in your mind for for decades. Right. And the example I used because I didn't want to use a real example was. <laughs> I'll be 90 and then I'll suddenly be like, I always wanted to taste a human flesh. And I thought it would just be this example. My wife was aghast. Like I'd actually accidentally let out <laughs> like this secret <laughs> fantasy of mine. Anyway, 
Mine is Richard Speck, and and um, not that he's particularly more interested than the guy. You, I mean, your guy is way more interested than Richard Speck, but he's the guy. He's cannibal the, too, by the way. Again, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did well, everything. He raped and murdered the eight Chicago nurses. But to me, what's fascinating about him is uh, not him. Mm-hmm. It's that there was one left that he was unaware of under the bed, sort of cataloging the whole thing. So the whole crime takes on not like the killer. You have these killers who recount their own crimes, like Jeffrey Dahmer, or like the BTK killer who like was proud of every detail. But you have this guy who did, who thought he'd gotten away with it and didn't know there was a documenter under the right. under the. Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting way to to talk about um, you know things like that because my second question was aside from the obvious, what do you think the worst thing about prison would be if you if you were sent away for for ten years or twenty years, Tommy? Oh God, what would be the worst thing about prison for me? Oh, the food would be bad. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 let's go. Let's go. The obvious, the anal rape, right? Yeah, well, that's, put that yeah. aside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, put the, the food aside. would be would uh, that would be that'd be a toughie. Yeah, not gourmet. No, not gourmet. Yeah. So anyway, I, I mean, like not edible in some places. I I've I've understand. Heard that. Like yeah. I heard, like really. Yeah. Uh, some 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 guy. Like, oh look, bowl weevil in my in my in my bowl of weevils. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it'd just be an interesting question because we're we're talking about um, big house films today. We're sure, talking no, but what about, about you? No, you answer the same sorry. question yourself. What's oh, worst, worst part? Yeah, um, I think it's the. the um, I think it's it's two stages. It would be the dutying in the middle of the room in front of everyone, and then the second part would be the not caring that I'm taking a dump in front of fifty or ten or whatever gentlemen. Uh, Although I don't know enough about prison, maybe I, I get my own duty bowl. <laughs> do me a huge fucking favor and never call it duty again, sir. I get my own duty bowl, right? Where might one poopy caca? I went. I, wonder, I don't sir. like the word duty, but okay. Uh, that's uh, fucking five year old. So we're talking about film classic films today um, that had to do with the big house, the oh, pen yeah. up the river, if you will. I gotta say, there are like uh, a lot of different movies that are. Sort of cast around prison. Oh, right? some different, great different ones. types of movies. I'm yeah, about, I'm not talking about movies per, specifically, but types of movies. Yep. And the ones we picked are kind of really interestingly representative of the entire genre. Well, I way. mean, so outside our classic range would be like Shawshank Redemption, but inside, mm-hmm. weirdly, could also qualify like The Great Escape. Sure, sure. In a way, right? Yeah. And we've absolutely. already done Stalag 17, and so there's like you know POW camps. There's mm-hmm. sort of um, there are interesting movies even about jail, not prison, but obviously prison, prison breaks, right. all that sort of stuff. Television well, shows like Orange is the New Black. Go ahead. No, like prison breaks, um, prisons as morality tales, prisons mm-hmm. as uh, as uh, pri- I'm talking about the movies themselves, yep. uh, prison movies as uh, protests against the way, way prisons are run, sure, that kind of sure. thing. Yeah. Uh, prison t- uh, prison movies that are straight. Biographical prison movies that are about an escape, like all there's there's all yeah. these different things that I think we kind of captured a huge chunk of that in these in these movies we're talking and, about. Yeah, today. and I think this this first one that, that that we're about to talk about I think has um, the, the greatest number of those things, whether it's successful or not, we can talk about. But it's 1938 Warner Brother classic Each Dawn I Die with James Cagney and yeah. George Raft. Yeah, do you know George Raft outside of this and Some Like It Hot? I um I uh, no not really except insofar as his his more famous exploits as, as far as like the, the basically the man responsible for Bogart's career. I yeah. know all of that part of it. Yeah. Uh, as far as movies I've ever seen him in, really this and Sweet Smell of Success, and I maybe I've seen him in one or two others. You, not Sweet Smell. You're talking about something like it hot. That's what I meant. To yeah, say. no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's weird because I, I think a, like people like Tom and I 
who are old enough to be turned on to movies a little bit older than us, look at Some Like It Hot, and we see George Raft first, and actually he's doing a parody or a caricature of himself. Of himself, yeah. It, which is is a guy who was the, sort of the gangster, of the gangster sort of um, stable from from uh, Warner Brothers. So mm-hmm. we're, talking, we're talking Cagney, we're talking Bogart, and then we're talking George Raft, and George Raft is the guy who never really got where the other two got. He never really got as big as he should have been. But the thing is this, is I think because the truth is, is he was the Clooney of his day in a sense. He was okay. an enormous hit. Yeah. And he was a tremendous star. Is he good looking, by the way? Would you say? In a weird way. Okay. He's go got ahead. a kind of an interesting look. I yep. think he is, but not in a classic sense. All right. Um, but he was he was a big star. He was just in a big star when 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 being a star was a smaller thing. Okay. I think than later on, uh, because he was really in the the twenties and thirties is when he was in his it was in his heyday. I didn't know about the 20s. more or less in the thirties. Okay. Uh, mostly right. in the thirties. All right. Uh, which is really I got to be honest, an era I don't know as much about as I want to. Oh, as I should. I and love as that. I'm era. sure we shall. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you know. like you and I get to share sort of our our strong and weak sort of points um, back and forth. Yeah, uh, but uh, so but but he was he was a big star. He yeah. was a, he was big enough to turn down the roles and feel comfortable doing it that he did then let Bogart. <laughs> Become a huge star. He turned out famously the Maltese Falcon. Right, famously the Maltese Falcon, and also High Sierra. That was like really that sort of that loser was one of, of a film, yeah. Great, you know, <laughs> great goddamn movie. Yeah, um, but 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 in so doing, um, he was a big star in an era when being a star was a smaller thing. I think. Okay, that's an interesting thing. You said it twice now, and I, I uh, would usually mock you for that, but I actually found it it's such an interesting <laughs> statement. I like it. Yeah. Um, and it's not even really his film. He's kind of the co-star, at second mm-hmm. bill to J- to uh, James Cagney. Jimmy Cagney. Um, who, um, you know, there was a lot of sort of Jimmy Cagney, there was a bookend, right? So like in the very beginning, like 1931, let's say The Public Enemy, he's a, a mobster who's just mean, who's vicious. Right. And then not at the very end of his career, but at the very end of his prolific career in 1949, mm-hmm. a film we've already talked about, White Heat, where he is again a gangster that's vicious. But in between... He actually, I think, specialized in being like the gangster with a heart, right? The, the equivalent of like the hooker with a heart of gold, like the gangster with a heart of gold. He always wanted to be, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it was a big part of his press was to be perceived as somebody who was um, honest and weirdly all-American, even when he was being a criminal. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't know that he started this in, in films, but he certainly personified the sort of like honor among thieves. Like, yeah. you know, he'll he'll, get, he'll give someone a slug in the belly. I'm talking mm. about lead slug, but but he would never like rat on a, a guy, even a guy who was crooked himself, right? Right, right. And in this, it's 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 the the, the ante's up even more because he plays a newspaper man, not a gangster. Yes, um, not at all. Unusual, a, a man of extreme honor, in fact. Yes, and in fact, he, he wants to root out corruption on both sides: mm-hmm. the police, the the judges, but also obviously the the gangsters and the bootleggers and so forth. And so he um, he's he's on the trail of some sort of like corrupt politician, governor, I think. Yeah, like somebody big. And 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 they frame him. Basically, they beat him up. They put pour him in a, whiskey on him. Pour, yeah, break a bottle of whiskey and pour it all over him. Uh, the Ralph Meeker special. And then they um, start a car and, and just make the car race downhill into another car, and it kills three people. So he's he's convicted for like manslaughter or murder, so because it's drunk driving. It's racing, racing downhill, and, and it hits a car that wasn't the intention. I mean, it's kind of probably. first of all. It's ridiculous because he, 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 after killing these people, he wakes up out of this supposed stupor, and it's like mm. this guy's drunk as a skunk. And it's like, well, 
Could is there a, a physician who could check this? Probably not, Joe. To say really back at that time, maybe not. Probably no way. Not. Just if you had whiskey, the smell of whiskey on you, that was a, sh- a done deal. I think now you could do an MRI, yeah, or something like well, that, or, the, or you could do a blood test. Which maybe they didn't. Maybe yes. they didn't believe in blood yet. Maybe know. they didn't do out of leeches that day. Hadn't or quite done that yet. Yeah. Well, it also, by the way, is a film that's that is a, a study in bad critical thinking because constantly <laughs> people are coming to legal conclusions based on ridiculous assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that later. Essentially, that um, it's a frame-up, and he's sent to prison along with the people who are actually guilty, and he's an innocent man in prison. And so that's kind of an old story in that sense. Tell yeah. me, you wiping your nose on the I, mic? I, I, I was, I was <laughs> in fact scratching my nose. Oh, so um, so he's in there, and it's like, he, he'll, he'll prove his case, he'll get out, right. and it's really one of the classic races, which is to say, Will will the prison system corrupt him? Break bef- him, corrupt break him. Break him and then corrupt him before he can be proven innocent by his fellow journalists who are having a hard time on the outside. Well, apparently can't do shit. Uh, but yeah, they're real you know. fucking jerk-offs, these, yeah. these journalists. And He's in there for a year, easy. The love of his life, um, who um, is also, uh, I guess, a newspaper woman, but trying to sort of help him out. Yeah, his girl Friday. And, yeah, and it's also, it has this She's warden. She's in the newspaper until such time as she gets pregnant. That's yeah, sure. really the implied there. Barefoot in the kitchen and mm-hmm. writing stories. Oh, yeah. So the, so the warden is... Um, also, this guy who's just like a, a ridiculous caricature of wardens, right? Mm-hmm. Who just like doesn't believe anything, and like someone, if someone doesn't answer a question he asks, that's all the proof I need. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is ridiculous. Right, right. In the whole, I realize that that prisons at times and still can at times be well. <laughs> um, um, what's draconian in a way, but even the whole they describe. In a 1938 context of like you're put into a dark place, but also you have to stand handcuffed to the bars for months at a time. Oh. I don't know how you're shitting this whole time. Oh, just down your just down the back of your legs. Fine, sounds easy. But but uh, <laughs> yeah, so the entire cell behind you. So you got so you got just that, it up. and then you have the classic sort of George Raft is is the real criminal, right? Who is has a contentious relationship with Cagney at first, but then they, of course becomes sort of like prison pals who trust each other. And they, right. you're a good egg. career criminal who comes from a bad bad. Background, of course, naturally. Ah, but don't you see, Tom, that they both come from a bad background, but one of them chose the easy way, Dude, crime. The, the, the other the morality, one. the the morality, the the '30s morality is 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 very thick in this movie. Yeah. By the way, um, you want to talk about uh, sort of caricatures? Nobody in this movie is more of a caricature than the lead uh, than the lead guard at the prison. Oh my God! God. Get over here! I want to hit you for no reason. <laughs> this guy would like. Sneer at a puppy, man. Are like, you looking at my shoes? <laughs> Thirty days in the hole. It's ridiculous, of course. So it's that he, sort of like corruption. The psychopath with a stick, basically, he, is what he is. With all the corniness there, I think that we're still in an early, an early enough part of film that I really admire. I think Warner Brothers, particularly, its efforts to sort of have a social conscience about about things, corny as it is. Well, yeah, but I love the fact, and we're going to get to this because it's like the climax of the movie. The social conscience is like, mm. just completely out of touch with what we're, what we're with what I would consider that at all. You know? Okay. Well, so so I'm going to sort of give some some sort of plot points. Moving on, once he's in prison, and tell me if there's anything you want to sort of yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But essentially, um, George Raft and and Cagney happen upon a plan, and it's this. Um, someone is murdered in the prison. George Raft has said he wants to murder him, but it actually turns out, we know from point of view, that he didn't murder him. But if Cagney can um, rat on him, do a false confession that he was, in fact, a murderer, George Raft will be sent to prison 
Um, James Cagney will be a witness in. I'm sorry, George Raft will be sent to court to trial. To trial, he'll, right. there'll during be a trial which... during which he'll arrange some sort of escape. He'll escape somehow from a crowded courtroom for his second murder trial. Right, and once he escapes, he'll work on Cagney's case because Cagney's such a good guy. Right, and also just to point out uh, that he's he's in there for 199 years yep. as it is. Yeah, and a bit. So taking, yeah, that's right. Yep. So uh, taking, uh, so taking it. Um, uh, taking the rap on this one yeah. would a mean absolutely nothing, nothing to at him, all. You yeah, because the, because they make it very clear they're also in a state that doesn't have the death penalty. Yeah, and both, it's a very progressive state. It's well, as all Warner <laughs> Brothers films should take place in a progressive state, but but um, a progressive uh, state. Oh, uh, good. Or is that Campbell's? Lentils. Anyway, so so George Raft, his escape is is <laughs> completely. I don't know. That was a, we both went down total non sequitur. I'd say rabbit holes, but oh, rabbit assholes. Shame. But George Raft's escape is completely <coughs> absurd, the ridiculous. But anyway, so so the rest of the film, suffice to say, um, is uh, an attempt to sort of clear Cagney's name. Yeah, and I don't think it's giving away too much to say this. There is a. Um, a guard, police, militia versus rioting inmates um, right. fight, and that's what I'm talking about. Right yeah, go ahead. There. It is. It is like, oh, okay. So, they, okay, maybe these guys, uh, you know, they got a little bit of justice going on for yep. Cagney. Yeah. Nobody's going to escape this Holocaust. No, as the cops and the cops and the National Guard move in and just mow every fucking buddy down. Yeah, during this riot, yeah, yeah. Like, without but, without any without any hesitation, without any resort to hey, maybe. You want to stop doing that, you guys? And none of that gets said. Boom, 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 boom. Everything okay. just gets blown away. All it's right. awesome. But this is it's a, a very 30s concept. It's a it's a cop out on my part, I'm sure. <laughs> but the further back you go with film, the more willing I am to suspend disbelief because mm-hmm. it's a they're they're telling stories in a new form. Mm-hmm. And so I have to say, with all the mistakes, the corniness, naivete, I like this movie. Oh yeah, I liked it too. It was a very good movie. And I like to point out, it was like the uh, it was like the Matrix of its day. It was the, like the number one of the number one, like the number one film of uh, oh, like box that. office, nineteen thirty eight, popularity wise, in nineteen of its day. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, hugely popular at the time. Very good. Yeah, it's weird. It's one of those ones. Uh, it's one of those movies that if you really squint too hard at it, it yeah. doesn't hold up. Doesn't hold together really, really no, well. No. But if you don't, if you let the suspense and the disbelief in just a little bit, yeah, this is a great ride. If you're in the mood for that type of Warner Brothers, like mm-hmm. late '30s, early '40s film, it's a great, it's just choice. competent as hell. Yeah. Now, I, not as a contrast in terms of the competence, mm-hmm. but in well, in many ways, our next film, it's not well known. Let's start there. Sure. If that's the the biggest box office grabber of 1938, this yeah. next film was certainly not of 1950. In fact, mm-hmm. a lot of people haven't heard of it, and the only reason I know about it was because I saw it in high school, and they showed it on PBS one time, uh-huh. like late night. I, I, it, it, um, it, anyway, I thought about it for years ever since, and I, I'm glad we have a chance to talk about it. It's 1950s um, Caged. And yes. Talk about Caged a little bit. Uh, God, I love this movie. It's got Agnes Moorhead. And in, her most Agnesy Moorheady, but also not because she's not a cunt. Well, yeah, absolutely, but she still doesn't. She she doesn't. She never gets far from being a formidable, formidable sounding woman. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the hell she's doing, man. Okay, like, well, she could make she could make like a like happy happy birthday to you. Like she could make singing happy birthday sound mildly threatening. Okay, but wait a minute. I I think it's important to note that not only is she not trying for that necessarily in this role, but if that exists. It's mm-hmm. overshadowed by someone. Uh, someone else we'll talk about in a minute who's much more menacing. Oh story. yeah, but the so film it's caged. It's a woman's prison film. 
Yep. Uh, it's got a lot of the qualities uh, that uh, it's got. It, it, it hints at a lot of the qualities of what would eventually become the, um, what do you call the exploitation, exploitation yeah, women's exploitation. prison. Yeah. Um, but it's a uh, innocent woman, innocent ish woman. Her husband Ra, knocks over a store and she's in the car while he's the getaway doing car. It. Yeah. Right. In the getaway car. And so she's considered an accomplice. He's so killed. Yeah. He's so she's killed a widow. The, correct. He's yeah. a widow. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he is killed. She is a widow. She is convicted of being an accomplice in this thing. Turns out, we learned very quickly she's also pregnant. She's going into prison. Innocent woman in prison. Boom. You're right there. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> now, at that point, it starts accumulating all the other stuff. We have the the uh, the matron who is the uh, who is the, uh, the I guess the ward boss. Hope Hope Emerson, who was also in. Uh, oh, if anyone's ever seen Adam's Rib, she plays the sort of uh, sideshow woman. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a woman. I think she was like six foot five and three hundred pounds or yeah, something. Just yeah. this, this rock of a woman. Yeah, thug, thug life of a broad. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. And she, her voice and her face and even mm-hmm. her hair is just like ah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's something. There's just she just bleeds menace, man. But she is awful. She is a fucking she's terrible a woman. I mean, yeah, she yeah. just takes joy in well, grafting the rich prisoners and. Just Shedding on the others, right? Absolutely, and, yep. and the, since our 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 heroine, our new our new hero here, is, Eleanor uh, Parker, yep. Eleanor Parker, yep. um, she has no money. She has nobody to send her money as yep. such. She's um, so she immediately gets you know caught up and on on that woman's bad side. Yeah, and also that, and that, she's also good. preggers. Well, the, okay, so that that just amplifies, I think, the fact that she's pregnant amplifies. The element of this film that I think also parallels an aspect of what we talked about in the last film, that was a complex sentence, I realized, but that this whole thing about honor among thieves, that once you're in prison, the, the fellow prisoners all stick together against the screws and the guards, which I understand is not the case at all. I, I, well, certainly not today. No. <laughs> no but I, if only, only if, because I imagine like the, the police, like the, maybe the, the, the police of uh, the cops, the, the guards have gotten smart enough to try to kill that stuff before it even gets started. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, in these films, typically there are two sides who don't like each other in prison right like gang factions would be the modern equivalent mm-hmm. um but they generally like tr- trust each other and try to help each other yeah, out there's no aryan nation <laughs> looking, no looking to shank anybody else and so all. the fact that she's she's pregnant just sort of <coughs> an- ups the ante there right turns the heat up because all the women are like oh honey you know yeah. i delivered once in prison oh we'll make booties for you and it's it's kind of ridiculous in that sense there's really there's really one of the women in there is like is like just strangely adorable she's the, like this really yep. lovable one who's a prostitute on the yeah. outside, but basically with a heart of gold and a, a good bit, gal. A know? bit of a Judy Holiday type. Yeah, yeah. She's got yeah. that voice. She's got the delivery. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then there's the there's the motherlyish, uh, the motherish, um, you know, me- members of the of the crew as well. Including, by the way, not motherly grand or great grandmotherly. A really, I remember feeling spooked out by this woman who's like eighty years old, and she's yeah. like, "Listen, screw!" I mean, she's the toughest motherfucker <laughs> of the whole gang because she's a she's a lifer, you uh, see, she's a lifer, and she's at the end of it, and you she got nothing to lose by taking you out, fool. And it has the classic things. I mean, I'm sure it happened before this film, but it's happened definitely since, and that's that somebody um, befriends an animal. It's always like a bird or a uh, frog or a fucking, in this a case, kitty. a cat, and a you know, kid. there's gonna be some sort of consequence to keeping, you know, having something you can love. 
taken away from you again. Right. And there's this there's this other sort of subplot going on as well, which is the morality tale element of this show. Yes. Of this movie. That's right. right. Yeah. Which yeah. is we've got the mean ass screw. Uh-huh. Uh she's hateful uh and all like that. But we've got Agnes Moorhead and she is the warden of the prison. Fighting and for the is, rights of her of her wards. Which is of course exactly what wardens do across yeah, the board. Right. Well no, she's definitely a progressive. Like that's the thing. Yep. She's trying to bring uh, you know, women's prisons into the whatever the time period was at the time and yep. in a humanitarian sense and get us off the, uh, you know, get us off the um, Amnesty International 10 months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's Move us at least south of China and North and, so, and Korea at least. But uh, so that was her job and that, that was that was her thing. So there's that story going on at the same time. And uh, the mean-ass screw has... She's got political connections. She knows people, which is the only reason, even though she gets constantly reported for the things she does. Yeah. Which I don't even want to say what it includes because I think even though the film's older, there are aspects of it that are still kind of shocking that that, that work as a sort of shock value. Right. Um, about how mean she is, but she gets away with it time after time because right. and there's, well, she has connections. She has connections. Yeah. She has connections. And this is also, there's also like some sort of, you know, uh, a completely hinted at lesbian uh, subtext oh, to yeah, the whole yeah, thing yeah. there, you know. Totally, totally. She definitely, like, she definitely looks like it's, she's got a chick with a dick. It's hinted at, I mean, it's one of those cases, it's like writers who wrote during the blacklist uh, or things like that, where it's like they they write things in that satisfy the stupid public, yeah. but also write <laughs> things in that cue it into smarter people. So, for instance, right. it's all about lesbian relationships that are never fully explored obviously because it's well, 1950 no, there are no scissorings but at the same time um people will say things like why is she wearing lipstick there are no men in here and it's just sort of like laughable mm. well yeah because there are women going down on each other i'm sure after the mm. fucking lights go out go ahead tom take a savage minute savage scissoring action. <laughs> oh, oh my lord yep so okay. <laughs> I, I, but the I, film it just doesn't seem practical the film again like Oh, the what scissoring? Scissoring, yeah. I don't know. Does even happen? I don't even. Know. I don't know. I don't know. No I have idea. no idea. No. Anyways, Colin, I'd like to see it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> make sure. Here's my yeah, cell phone. So, so, um, it's not it, it's not as naive or as corny as Twelve Years Earlier and Each Dawn I Die, but there are corny moments. But there are genuinely kind of cruel moments and it's filmed in a, in a sort of like foggy black and white that's, yeah. that's really kind of interesting and also the, the conceit of like the setting that the prison is and there are prisons like this as I understand like Patterson has a prison like this where you're in a, in a full sort of lockdown prison and you have small sort of visual cues of the outside world all the time. We think of prisons as, as removed, but some are in the middle of cities still. Right. And you can see people walking and going to work, and it's like this extra cruelty happening in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you can the train is going by all the time here, and Choo-choo. and you can see that, like, there's a bridge from this. It's like on an island off the, off the coast of a city or something like that. Yeah. And there's a little bridge that comes to where the, where the prison is from the mainland, which is the mainland. The moment you hit that, boom, it's a street, and it's... <coughs> boulevards and cafes and people. Just and, painting a little picture here, Tommy. And by, the, and by the way, just I think we, let's not forget the overall arc of the show. And our protagonist mm-hmm. is following her as she slides into liferdom. So the same thing. Like there's there's a clear event that makes it happen, but it's all been building up because her her family clearly is either mostly dead or the ones who are left are kind of shitty and right. poor and irresponsible. She has, to, she has a kid in prison and she has to put it up for adoption. Yes, because I mean, her mother sucks and. Yeah. And so you can see her sort of slide into becoming what um, Agnes Moorhead is trying to prevent her from becoming, which right. is the first timer who has, still has hope 
but all hope will maybe be lost. Abandon we'll see. hope, all ye who enter here. Yeah, I mean, it's worth seeing, and I think there's a little suspense even for 1950, watching this many years later, 67 years later. Um, I found it enjoyable. I liked it. As a movie, I liked it a lot. Yeah, 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 I did too. Yeah, no complaints at all. Again, totally new to this movie. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's compelling. Um, I don't know if it was independent, but it has what what I call like an independent feel, like an other type 50s of fifties independent feel. Yeah. Well, it's not a it's not a Warner Brothers classic, yeah, definitely, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I think it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, enjoyed it. In fact, I would say that it's probably a better film than Each Dawn I Die. Although Each Dawn I Die might be more enjoyable. I'm not sure. Technically, I think it is a better film. Mm-hmm. Each Dawn I Die. Yeah, you're right. Is is more aesthetically pleasing. Pleasing. Yeah. 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 Now we come Let's go. right up to the edge, because we have a, a sort of a rule. Uh, we cut classics off at 1980. We've just established that rule. It's killed me because there's one film from 1982. I'm not going to mention it, but I really want to do it on this podcast. Mention it. Why not? Nah, because I, uh, I don't slippery slope. If we do it once, then we're going to have to... Well, 1982. See the name. You know, All right. Have to talk it's about a great name. fucking movie, I think, called True Confessions with... Oh, my God. Let me tell you about that movie. <laughs> Tommy. Ah, you're a what am I, cruel? A regular messed up Garrison Keillor. <coughs> so um, Robert De Niro and Robert Duvall are in that movie. It's a great movie. Anyway, so um, this is 1979, and it's uh, Clint Eastwood. In? Yes, in Clint Eastwood. Yes, it is. In Escape from Escape Alcatraz. Escape from Alcatraz, everybody. It's not your usual Clint Eastwood film, except that there were a few also not usual Clint Eastwood films, so I put it in that pocket of films like Every Which Way But Loose <laughs> and so forth that don't... Now, qu- how much better would this movie have been if Clyde had been there flipping Clyde everybody Clyde the, the orangutan? From Every Which Way You Can. This was, I think, I, I read somewhere, um, Siegel um, had done a bunch Don of films. Siegel. Yeah, including Dirty Harry and some others with Hang Em High, maybe with... Um, with Clint Eastwood. This was the final one they did together. And it's different. I, I say it's in a different category because it's not Clint Eastwood as a vigilante Which or is, a cowboy. Right. And that's kind of his mainstay. He did that's, a couple yeah, of other things. From. Like that was his side of the plate was the side of law and order most of his most of his career. Yes. The except first, for the times where he decided to play against that deliberately. Like this. And and by the way, I'm I'm saying this Clint Eastwood. There's like Clint Eastwood A and B. There's the one the old guy who's mm-hmm. an ass in real life, but a fantastic like writer, director, mm-hmm. like Gran Torino and Unforgiven, all these sort of films. Um, billion dollar baby, million dollar baby, billion dollar million. Baby. Um, and then, then the old sort of classic one from Rawhide through Dirty Harry and, yeah. and Spaghetti Westerns and so mm-hmm. forth. So we're talking about the end of the era for this first one in a way, um, and right. What do you mean? Well, meaning like this oh, is like, seventy nine. I don't know. Like I would say mid eighties. Yeah, like eighty three. Sudden impact. Eighty four. Tightrope. I'd say that's sort of the weaning off. Then he goes away for a couple of years and then comes back as a sort of like director. director right? Yeah, tightrope. Auteur almost. Right. I go tightrope. Okay, uh, which is again outside our preview, but it, that's a great one too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so so um, this is a film about it's classic, right? The the classic escape from Alcatraz, where three men escaped and they're never clear whether they survived or not. Right, right. Although I think uh, I, I wish I'd have done a little bit more research on this, but I think in the end that they ultimately they did survive, that they did make it. We don't know. I don't think it was ever known. I think it, I think it has like like in the last two years. I think or it something isn't like that has come. Around. I think it isn't. Mm, okay, well this is fruitful as fuck. Let's keep, yeah. let's keep not doing this. Well, you know. Anyway, what? so it's 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 him. Yeah. It follows him. He goes to prison. Yeah. And on Alcatraz, we get to watch him. Uh, get to watch him. Uh, you know, soap up. Uh, and be be a regular be a regular prisoner in Alcatraz for a little while there. Yeah, he's a be- surprisingly good ass. Oh, great ass, great ass! Let me tell you, kid. Actually, I had the same thought. Um, I don't <laughs> think that's his ass. I think that's an ass double. Really? Uh, because they they don't think you can pay attention. In seventy nine, 
most people still didn't have a, a, v, a VCR, so much less like YouTube or, or Amazon streaming or whatever. So no one could review it. And I, I took a review, and it looks like a different haircut. Really? I just want to go on record as saying that's okay. Kind of but anyway, the point is, look, I don't know because I kept looking at the back of his head. You know what I mean? I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start in reverse here, and you can do whatever you want with this. Go. In 1980, there was a film about Alcatraz. It was called Alcatraz: The Whole Story or something. I remember seeing it before. It was based on um, a Native American kid mm-hmm. who went to Alcatraz. And it's three hours long. Art Carney, I believe, plays Robert Strauss, the Birdman, in a small role. Uh, I think that movie's way better than this one. I, <laughs> I really didn't like this movie for a lot of reasons. And I wanted to. The whole time, I wanted to like this movie. It was fucking boring. It's boring? I fell asleep. I didn't finish it. I gotta tell you, I didn't finish it. I fell asleep. This is the one I fell asleep last what a night review. watching. Yeah, I mean, I got through it. It was. I wanted to love it. I really did. It's Clint Eastwood for God's sakes. Yeah, it's Clint Eastwood in prison being a bad boy. Yeah, with no, with it, zero facial expressions, even for fucking it, Clint Eastwood. It walks you through all the things. Any version you've seen or read about walks you through all the things about how they made the paper mache heads for the dummies. Mm-hmm. How they re- and and it's like. Yeah, it should be as interesting as any other account of it I've seen because I'm interested in them like the, I'm interested in boring things even sometimes yeah. like the slow sort of meticulous examination of how someone plans this escape and so forth. Oh, we mentioned the Great Escape before, but somehow it is just a lure. I've, I've been to Alcatraz. I've taken that tour. Did you yep. ever take that tour? No, I never have. You know what? Those 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 cells they're mighty small. They're that they used them for the filming of this. Yeah, and that's they basically. Establish how small those cells, those cells are. Yep, a lot in this movie. Oh yeah, it's like just shots of him laying and laying on his cot, not doing a damn thing. And I don't care anything for any of the characters in this film. There's zero. No, no. None. Even like even like the one character who might be compelling, which is the black uh, the black uh, librarian or yeah, yeah, the black li- the the black leader, the leader of the uh, of the of the black people. You know, yeah. the black guys. <laughs> the leader of the. I need the leader find, of the black people. I need to find a way to say that. <laughs> That's what he says in real the life. The leader by of the, way. the black movement inside of Alcatraz. Well, side note: as, as you're th- as you're thinking of the side, how to complete the sentence, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Danny Glover was a bit part. That's sort right. Of like had like did, one line him? as spot him. He was on the steps when when Clint Eastwood went up to talk to the character. You're oh, was that about. him talking? To- uh, who said like, "What do you want up here?" Cracker? Yeah, is that yeah, him? that's Danny oh, Glover. I gotta yeah. watch it just to see that. Okay, yeah. cool. But um, yeah, but, but even that character who who. Is the closest to compelling that anybody in that movie got to be. Yep. Turned out not to be very compelling at all. No, you know? not so, at all. So, uh, I like, and, and and I was killing myself to want to like this movie. Yeah, it just wasn't good. It was boring. Clint Eastwood wasn't. I mean, either you love Clint Eastwood as Clint Eastwood, or you can also love him as being different. I didn't like either aspect of him. The escape wasn't interesting. The filming wasn't particularly interesting. In prison, you can do some really interesting things with oh, you lighting think you and could. color. And your Alcatraz. I mean, think about that. Yeah, yeah no, none of that. Oh, and, and by the way, side note, it, it the co-stars Patrick McGowan as the warden. I love Patrick McGowan in Secret Agent Man. I think my favorite television show, or one of them, oh, is The Prisoner. Prisoner. Love The Prisoner. He had that early on. We're talking about book ending. Here's another book end. He started off as this amazing actor. He ended his career. This is a Richard Burton. In 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 uh, interesting roles in like Silver Streak, and then later on in, in uh, Braveheart. He was the king in Braveheart. Oh, was he? Yeah, great sort of beginning, okay. great ending. In the middle here, somewhere, it's not as if he's playing someone who's dull. He's just dull. It's like <laughs> it's very clear he didn't even want this movie. He's just reading off cue cards practically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that wondered, like, did Don Siegel have 
some kind of blackmail thing on, on Clint Eastwood because <laughs> Clint Eastwood didn't even look like he wanted to be there. No, and I didn't want to be there. No, indeed. No. I didn't want you to be there either, Joe, because I love you, my friend. I give this two shanks down. Oh, I give it, uh, I say shanks for the memories. Oh, you should go to prison for that, sir. Mm-hmm. Can, can I have an ass double? <laughs> There was what, no, what, is that, what does any of that mean? We could tape two ass doubles together, put that stuff. Implying that you're a, a, a portly gentleman. Oh, he's, he's calling me a, the portly gentleman. Mm, that's good Welcome portly gentleman. Welcome to the portly gentleman's radio hour. <laughs> All right, so to review. Today we'll be talking about Butter Linguini. <laughs> this would be awesome. Yeah, well, it would be. Mm. Perhaps your own podcast, Tom. Yes, the portly gentleman's hour. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's just people breathing into a microphone talking about pasta. If, if only I could get across that I'm currently wearing a monocle, good people. <laughs> um, John. We liked uh, Each on a Die. Yes. We liked Cage. The Caged. Caged. Yeah. <laughs> Caged. <laughs> yes, we definitely like Caged. And um, we'd like to shit on whoever came up with making this version of Escape from Alcatraz. I, I want to know. No, I, it's, I think it's Don Siegel. I just, how... What kind of talent does it take to make a movie about Alcatraz and escaping from this fucking thing unexciting? How do you do that? Because again, the next year, a made-for-TV <coughs> two-part movie was far superior, which right. is, and tells then, you something. And then many years later, what's his name got a hold of this movie and put Sean Connery into uh, the the, the, oh the Rock. God, I, I forgot stupid about that goddamn movie. We're not supposed to be talking about that. No. All right, let's talk about this. Do we have any business, Tommy? We sure do. Hey, everybody. Why don't you join us? We have uh, Finley's on. Phony, fr- today's phony Tommy is my f- one of my favorite Tommies. Mm, that's good. Shut up. Juice. Okay, go ahead. Drinking, go ahead. Sorry. Buddy. One time. Again. Anyways, what, uh, do we have any business, Tommy? Yeah. Okay. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We want you to join us on Finley's on Film. We got ourselves a delicious website. Come yep. check it out. Oh, my God. Sure. Uh, it's amazeballs. Um, also, uh, check us out and leave us a comment and or a rating on iTunes, Both. please. Yeah. Um, let's see. As far Patreon. as... Patreon. Patreon. Oh, please join us there yes. on Patreon. Yes. Uh, I need to talk... We, we got business off, at, off air uh, about that. Um, oh, I'm glad and, you mentioned it on air. Yeah, well, Go I ahead. like to keep them guessing. Yeah. Um, also, uh, let's see, nothing really personal. I'm going to be doing a roast battle in Bakersfield uh, for my sins. Um, when? I think next weekend, actually. Next this will be posted long, long after that time. So, do this so several time. Saturdays ago. I this went really, that you do this really well. <laughs> all right. It went really well. So go check me out. Check it out. You want to keep up on my schedule? Yep. Go to tomsmithcomedy.com. There While you go. you are on the internet, my good people, yep. I cannot recommend enough that you slide over to Amazon and type in a little name called Living With Noise. Oh, my and book. You yeah, I don't know. Oh, I'm not the one with dozens here, of people have purchased that book. Join Near, them. <laughs> nearly twenties of people have done so. Anyways, uh, Joseph over here is a very modest man, but he's a, he is a, a is a, uh, a published a poet. Yeah, I think this proves that fact. So he's got a book out, "Living with Noise." You can find it on oh, Amazon.com. Go check that out. You know, give oh, him give him some me. shekels to put into his oh, into his coin purse. Had to blow it. His man coin purse. All right, Tommy. I love man you, buddy. Purse. I love you. I love you too. All right. Get the hell out of here.